everyone, this is Diana Castro, and today you're watching Leaders with a Mission. And today I have someone that you will love to learn from. His name is John Yeager, and let me tell you a little bit about him. John Yeager is a CPA, an accountant in Miami, specializing in wealth creation consulting. So hello, Young. How are you? Hello. Wonderful. <laughs> Thank you for being here. And before we started this, this recording, you were telling me about there's been so many changes. A lot of people are asking about the SBA loans. A lot of people are, are kind of nervous because they don't know what really is going on. So can you tell us about the financial incentives uh, for the coronavirus, what they are, and how they will support small businesses? Okay, so the, the first program that passed um, about 10 days ago, give or take, was the IDLE program. It's I-D-L-E. Um, and what that program was, it was kind of a um, it was kind of an emergency bill to get funds into the hands of small businesses as quickly as possible, but it, it had all the normal constrictions of an SBA loan. So you would you would have, and when I say the normal constrictions, um, we're, we're looking at a, like a lot of documentation that was necessary and um, and it was kind of overwhelming and and and, and they put together a, um, a website that we filed two of our clients on like immediately within a day one of my you know we had two clients call us that night and, and we were on top of it and we did those filings online and then the next day that online system crashed so it crashed for two reasons. Number one, it was overwhelmed. They obviously didn't have the bandwidth at their end. And then the second problem was is they found that that website was not secure. So obviously, as a CPA, we're real worried about people's data. So we were like, okay, we're not going to send anything through that website again. Uh, they never That website never came back up. Or I think it came up intermittently, but we weren't going to go that route anymore. That was last week. And so we, from that point, we started... FedExing the um, the applications. Now the problem with the with FedExing the applications is you really don't know whether you got a number, which is very very important, and uh, you don't really know where you are on the system. Okay, uh, but after about three days, we started getting an email that said, "Here's your number, and you're now in the system, and you're under review." And what that means is the SBA reviews the the, the application. Uh, they, uh, they're looking for a couple of things and, and now we're talking about the first bill, the idle bill still. So they're looking for a couple of things. They're looking for, uh, collateral, you know, what normal bankers would look for collateral, uh, you know, are you making a profit? Um, you know, those kinds of things. And that's really not what the bill was about. The bill was about, we don't care whether you're making a profit or not. We don't really care, you know about any of this other stuff. We want to get money into your hands so you stop firing people. Uh, I'm sure a lot of you, uh, you know, saw the, the, the uh, unemployment numbers last week, which were, um, uh, which broke a record, you know, for, for one week. And um, that's because businesses and we were counseling businesses and, you know, we were like, can you stay afloat through this thing for two months? And some of the answers really were no. I mean, um, at, at Jaeger Sherburn, our moniker straight talk sound solutions. And sometimes the solution's painful. Um, so anyway, so we were filing these things, uh, through FedEx and we were starting to get numbers back and, and we actually, we actually did procure through the very first set of filings, 
um, $150,000 for one of our clients under the IDLE Act. That's the very first act. So then last week, uh, I want to say Thursday or Friday, the CARES Act was, was finally passed uh, by Congress and, and the Senate, and then the, the president signed it that night. So the bill is really $2 trillion, but in the bill, it allows the Fed, which is really not, you know, people think that the Fed, which is, they control monetary policy, and Congress are the same people. They're not. They're totally separate. And so, but Congress oversees the Fed, and what they did with this $2 trillion bill was they allowed the Fed to, to, to open up monetary policy, which that's, how, that's where they get from $2 trillion to, to close to $6 trillion. Um, by opening monetary policy, what they mean is they're going to get more money out to the banks so they can get it into the hands of the businesses. Because if they don't get it into the hands of the businesses, companies are going to fail, and unemployment's going to go through the roof, and you're not only going to have this coronavirus problem with people getting sick, you're going to have an economy that's not going to be able to get back on its feet again anytime soon. So that's what this $2 trillion bill is all about. So let's talk about the CARES Act. The CARES Act is a great bill. What did come out of this bill, which is absolutely fantastic, is the CARES Act. And what the CARES Act does, it allows businesses through the SBA, which would then go through, through your local banks, to be able to borrow money that will fund specific items. Okay, and these specific items, if you stay within their uh, regulations, these specific items are going to be rent, payroll, utilities, and there's a handful of other little things that the regulations really haven't come out. But let's just talk about those three and how important that is. Because if your business is back on board, you know, in two weeks or a month or whatever that time period is after this coronavirus, um, what you're going to see is, is you're not going to come back 100% right away. You're just not. It's, it's just not the reality of, of what's going on out there. So, what we've been doing in our applications, one of the things it asks for is a, for, a financial forecast. And so what we're doing is, is we're doing it quarterly. So the first three months, we're figuring you'll get back to about 30%, 33% of your business. Some will get more, obviously, some will get less. But, you know, realistically, you know, uh, uh, from my experience from the last recession, um, that this is the way things went down. And now the last recession, it took longer to get from 33% to 100%, but that had to do with the, the, the quickness at which the government responded uh, with monetary policy. So anyways, so we figure the first quarter you're going to be at 33. The next quarter, which would be six months, three to, uh, four to six months, you're going to be at about 66. And sometime between um, six months and nine months, you'll get close to back to 100% of what we're doing. That's if everything, you're you know, projecting. Yes. Like that's right. A, yeah. It's a realistic approach. Okay. It's not pie in the sky. It's not doomsday either. It, it's, it's kind of where the mean is going to be. Okay. Right. So uh, what we're telling our clients is, is to every business, every business should file for these SBA loans. I mean, whether you do it yourself, or you get a professional like us or some other, you know, your own CPA. A lot of CPAs aren't really doing this um, for various reasons. Uh, I, I, you know, I can, I know of a few that just aren't, you know, they're actually sending me clients, which is really great. Um, 
we, we find ourselves to be very good at this part of it because uh, we do a lot of appellate work as well up, up in Jacksonville, uh, tax appeals. And that has to do with putting packages together for the government. So for us, this was like a real easy segue. All we had to do is learn the rules. Um, our staff uh, and I, a lot, uh, every morning we're, we're on an SBA webinar where it's a question answer kind of thing. We've actually put in a question that was answered within seconds. So it's not like thousands are on this webinar, you know what I'm saying? When, when you get your question answered within, you know, within minutes, you're, you're one of 50 people on this thing. Yeah. Um, so, and then the afternoon webinar is, a, is a, a whole different one. It's open to absolutely everyone, okay? And so we're probably, I would say, two hours in the morning and one hour in the afternoon just taking in the constant changes to, to what's going on out there with the SBA. It's a, it's a morphing uh, uh, regulatory process, okay? So I'm going to take you through it real quick. So the IDLE Act passes. We run a couple of those through the website. The website crashes. We then FedEx a couple. Uh, worried about getting them back, started getting numbers back. We actually procured $150,000 for one of our contractors under the IDLE Act. That banker actually told us, hold on, because if the CARES Act passes uh, in a couple of days, different ball game. it's a whole new ball game. And, and uh, now there's some, that we've heard on some of these webinars, and this will just show you how fast things are moving, okay? Uh, yesterday morning, one of the SBA people basically said, you're not going to be able to call, qualify for both, okay? Well, I've been told by bankers that that's not true. So, you know, I, I don't think they really know, to be real honest. A lot of the regs really haven't even been written. The bill only passed, you know, people kind of seem to think that a bill passes in Congress and, oh, that's the way it is forever. No, that's not how things work. They pass a bill and they say, we're going to give, you know, we're going to do this. And they give it in broad terms. And then they have their people on both sides of the aisle get together and write the regulations for it. Those, those are what you call the silent, the, you know, the, the ones that are the cursed silent mm-hmm. bureaucrats. But those people actually write the law. They, you know, they, they obviously base it on the intent. And sometimes the intent and the law kind of clash. But this is the way this thing works, okay? So a lot of those regulations really haven't even been completed yet. Um, we actually had two of our clients yesterday whose, um, whose packages we FedExed take their package. I told them, that, you know, Monday morning, you go to your bank. You want to be first in line because, let's face it, these guys are going to be overwhelmed. They absolutely are. The banks are no more suited to make this happen quickly than, than the man in the moon. But they're kind of the only people that can do this. Who, who else is going to be able to dole out money other than banks? And that's basically why the SBA is going to, why they went through the SBA and then through the banks, because they really are the only ones that can really get this done. But on the other hand, they're still bankers. They're still constricted by old norms and thoughts and processes, okay? So what we do with the packages is it's, a, it's like a five-page um, it's a five-page application. <clears throat> it asks all sorts of information, you know, your social security number, the federal ID number, what you do, how many employees you have, some simple financial stuff, not anything crazy. In other words, what was your gross income for the last 12 months? What was your cost of sales? 
um, uh, would you have an employee cost, that kind of thing. Nothing real detailed. That's to, that's to allow the SBA to be able to um, figure out, okay, this is where you belong in the loan process, basically. So with that, there's, there's also a, a number of other um, forms that the SBA requires that have to be in there. We make sure those are in there as well. And then there's a couple of optional forms. Now, I'm going to tell you now, those optional forms are incredibly important. Incredibly important. So and they're not optional. Options, they're like required. <laughs> exactly. I mean, they say they're optional. It even says on the form that it's optional. But I can tell you that there's no banker in the world that's going to make a financial decision without, like one of the forms has to do with what, your, what, is, what is your monthly gross for the last three years, Okay. That tells the banker where you really fall, okay? It gives them an average, okay? I mean, one of our companies has a real problem with this because they're, they were a startup three years ago, and so they started the first year doing about 100000 Now they're going to do about $3.5 this year. So you'll see theirs just do this, right? Because they haven't really hit that plateau yet. Um, uh, but most businesses, I mean, most small businesses, they'll – you know, yeah, you'll have a higher month or a lower month here or there, but for the most part, it, it, unless you have seasonal business, it's going to be, you know, you're going to see like a pretty, um, pretty normal numbers go across. And that basically tells the banker where you really are. So that's one of the optional forms. <laughs> the other optional form has to do with, okay, give us your forecast during this time of chaos before you kind of get back into you know, the, you know, your full business. Yeah. Right. There's another optional form. And what it does is it's, it, it, it basically gave you their form basically gives you like one, it's almost like a, a profit and loss statement. What are your, what's your income going to be during the time period that you choose? You choose the time period. Okay. It could be three months. You think this thing's going to get back a year. It depends on your industry and your, you know, what you do and how you do it. Okay. But what we've done, instead of taking their dumb form, because I, I, I don't see how their form could actually tell somebody, you know, anything about what you forecast. Okay. So what we do is, is we, we created our own form that breaks that down into quarters. Okay. And what we've done in there is we take the quarters and we start with the first three quarters and you're going to be at 33% of capacity with your revenues. Now your cost may be the same. Okay but your revenues are gonna be about 30%, 33%. And then the second quarter, we do the same thing with the costs, whatever they're gonna be, and we ramp up the revenues to 66%. And then the last quarter, we go to uh, like 90%, and then at the end of that, by the end of nine months, we should be out of this corona thing, you know, coronavirus thing, and the economy should be back. I, it, it's not, I don't believe it's going to be back on track the way it was because the economy was just roaring. I mean, the Fed was ready to raise rates to slow the economy down at that point in time, okay? Because the economy was just, it, it was just fast pacing. It was doing this, which we haven't seen in, in, in my lifetime. So um, I, do I really think it's going to do that? No. But I think, I think, you know, within nine months, if we can get, you know, from what I've seen, if we can get to a cure, I won't say a cure, but um, there's some other drugs that are coming out that are taking care of that. If we can get those into mass production quickly and they actually work, whichever one of them works, I, that's up to the doctors. But if they can get that, then that'll allow business to go back to work because you won't be worried about getting sick as long as you're, you know, 
you know, you're a normal, healthy person, which 90% of us are, you know, it's the 10% that are really the real scary ones. But if you can do that, and those people don't need the ventilators, then you've got enough medical capacity to handle those people. And then you can get back to normal again. Okay. Yeah. What is that normal going to be? We don't know. The new norm. The new norm. Um, and we're going to have a lot more of this kind of stuff as opposed to face-to-face. -to -face. I totally yeah. see what's happening. We, have, you know, we, we have to adapt. So, But you did right. mention something when we were talking that there was a really strong recommendation you were making to make it easier for businesses to be able to justify their, um, their loans. And that you mentioned something that it was very um, important before we started recording. So we, before we jumped in the recording, we were talking about right. that one of your recommendations was for them to open a specific bank account to handle, oh, okay. to handle right, these things. So, and there's a reason yeah. for that. Can you explain? Yeah, go ahead. Absolutely. That's getting back to the CARES Act. That's the second one, the one for employees, rent, and utilities. So what we're telling our clients is, is you, you should go open a separate account for that for those funds. Do not commingle those with your normal business operations. Um, and the reason we're telling people that is there will be a day of reckoning on those funds. What I mean by that, okay, so it starts out as a loan. So let's say they loan you $100,000 and, and we go nine months down the road and you basically spent that money on the things that they've earmarked it for. Payroll, rent, utilities. And you haven't, you know, you haven't gone outside those parameters okay so let's say nine months from now or a year from now the sba basically sends you a letter and says that we're going to waive all those all those funds that were spent on those earmarked items okay well you've just made it real real easy because you can send them your bank statements your quickbooks file or whatever accounting system you use your quickbooks file for that particular account that only shows that things were spent for payroll and for rent and for utilities, it'll tie right to your bank account and you go here. Then what happens? Let's say you've spent $80,000 during that nine month period on those particular items and there's still 20 grand left in that account, okay? Now understand this is still a loan. So when you send this stuff out to them, they're gonna, you're gonna get a letter back or you're gonna get a call from a banker. I'm not, we're not real sure about the process yet, but you're going to get some kind of communication that says we've reviewed your files and basically um, uh, uh, you've, you've qualified for a waiver of that loan in the amount of X. And if you've really done this correctly by using your separate account, by accounting for it separately, not commingling with it, because let's face it, you know, auditors are people. I mean, you know, we in the CPA profession joke that auditors aren't human beings, but, you know, auditors are people. And, and the easier you make it for an auditor of any kind, whether they're an auditor for a bank, an auditor for financial statements, doesn't really matter. You may, or even an IRS auditor, if you make it easy on them to get to whatever the, you know, whatever the final solution is, it's just going to go very easy. You're not going to get 10,000 questions. You commingle that money with the rest of your stuff and try to pick it out, it's going to be very difficult and you're going to get a lot more questions from that auditor. And so at the end of the day, they're going to waive that $80,000. You're never going to owe it. It's going to be considered a grant from the government. And that's part of the bill. That's actually in the CARES Act. They're right. <laughs> <Yes>. That's, <laughs> that's awesome. in the CARES Act. That's what the CARES Act is all about. Um, so then what happens? You've still got 20 grand. 
then you're going to have a choice. You can either keep the 20 as a, you know, it's a note. It's, these notes are, the, all these loans run at about three and a half percent, basically 3.3, 3.75. Um, and uh, you'll be able to keep it. And then you can use the money for whatever you want. Um, but you, but it, but it will be a loan. But the first 80 that we talked about that was actually used for those specified items is going to be waived and it's going to turn into a grant as opposed to a loan. So that's amazing because it gives people the opportunity to, if they follow the rules, if they follow the recommendations, to turn that loan into a grant for those particular items, given that they make their life easy when they open a separate bank account. Because here's the thing, and, and for me, I, I, I know that for you, you know me a little more now. Um, I'm not a numbers person. Like that just, I, I know in a conversation I told you, you asked me about numbers and I wanna throw up. I'm a creative. <laughs> I'm a creative. This is not my strength. It is not. It's definitely not my. You know, like where I thrive. Um, I thrive in the other side of the spectrum. Um, but when you explain it in layman terms, people like me can actually like grasp the depth of it, and it's so much easier to go about. Mm -hmm. So how fast? So how fast do you think people are going to get this loans? Is there, you that are inside of the system and have these communications, is there, right. is there a range of time that people, if you okay. apply in time, how long is the process? So let me, let me tell you about the latest change. <laughs> this was just, I know, I know, it's crazy. This was just, uh, what is today? Today's Tuesday. This went online yesterday morning. And what they did was, is they put up a, a new uh, fat, fast track form that you can go on, enter. It's very limited information. Um, you don't need to. You don't need to have that total package, okay? And you can actually check the box to get a quick ten thousand dollars, okay? You check the box. You put your bank information in. As soon as they release that money, it's going to go directly into your bank account. Now. You know, we've heard on the SBA, you know, that that can be, you know, three days, seven days. But then in reading some of the regs, it says this upon the submitting of an application. Well, what does that mean? Is the submitting of an application that new two-page two form? No, is it that two-page form? Because when you file, when you, we've done a couple of these now, of course, and actually the one, just to give you an aside, the ones that we had FedExed previously and that the packages were in the hands of my clients. And once we saw this thing, we kind of pivoted. We went ahead and created one of those for that client. So now they have a number. You get that number back immediately. We sent that to them. And when they went to the bank, they already had a number, a package ready to go here, Mr. Banker. Again, like, just like I told you with the auditors, the bankers, I mean, you make this easy. You have everything in order. You have all your ducks in a row. You know how quick that, that loan's going to be a lot quicker than if they have to go through their checklist, okay? And we have a nice checklist that we use. And we make sure that everything is in there. You know, CPAs, we're really, um, we're on the other side of you. <laughs> you know, when it comes to numbers and organization, um, you know, we're a very organized lot. And uh, one of the things we, we, we thrive on are checklists. And, um, you know, we have a very good checklist and that which creates that package that we talked about. You're going to need that package no matter what. You cannot be delinquent in, you can't be delinquent in child support. 
You can't be delinquent in your, in your income or payroll taxes. Now, what does that mean, delinquency? Let's kind of talk about that just, to, just very quickly. I want to brush on it. So if you're behind on your taxes and you have an installment agreement, you're not considered delinquent. If you're behind on a student loan and you have an agreement and you're making payments on it, you are not considered delinquent. Okay, which means you're you're good for the you're good for filing an SBA loan, but if you're if you're behind and you, and you are delinquent, uh, you know we're telling people get on the phone right away, you know, make and, and get and make yourself an agreement with them. Period. Because the second you do, you get something faxed to you. You'll be able to give that to the bank so that when they pull it up and say, "Oh yeah, you're delinquent on your student loans," well, no, I'm not. I just made an agreement. Here's you know, so. So I guess what I'm getting at is, is if you have these kinds of delinquencies, uh, don't let it stop you from filing for an SBA loan. Go ahead and file and then get a hold of that delinquency, whatever it is, whether it's child support, whether it's uh, uh, college loans or whether it's uh, IRS delinquencies, and get on the phone and cut a deal with them. They're going to be real. I mean, trust me, they know what's going on here. All these different agencies and they're going to probably be more apt to make an easy deal for you than they would have two weeks ago. I can just, I, I, it's just, it, it's just where the government is pushing everybody right now. In other words, yeah, do they want to get paid back if you owe $50,000 on old student loans? Absolutely. I mean, everybody should pay their student loans back. You borrow the money. I mean, but, but it doesn't mean you should have to pay it all back today. What right. businesses are exempt? Which businesses do not get to apply for for these loans? Is there exceptions? Yeah, there are. Um, even though they're legal businesses, um, you know, strip clubs um, uh, and those types of organizations are not going to be are not going to be able to get that kind of loan. Um, that they were specifically excluded from um, from the package. So right, yeah. Is and then what the next question that pops in my mind is um, so taxes, right? April 15th. What the hell is ah. going to happen to that? Like, for all of us that are business owners, it just right. feels like it feels like everything is kind of standby, but we don't know what's going to happen. So, that was my next question. Okay, so for corporations and partnerships and um, uh, trusts. The, the due dates were March 15th, April 15th, in that range. So the IRS did not act fast enough on the March 15th. Um, they, those things were due. We filed extensions like we normally do. Um, uh, they really weren't on the forefront of that. But then they got, they got their act together. And what they've done with the April 15th dates is they basically pushed it back to July 15th. Now, that's not just for the filing of, of personal tax returns. That goes to any payments that you owe for the for uh for the 2019 returns there will be no penalties uh the the, the the july 15th will be accepted as if you made those payments on april 15th payroll tax payments same thing um the the, the new one they followed up with were ira contributions because when it comes to um uh when it comes to qualified pension and profit sharing plans you're allowed to make those contributions for the prior year at the filing of the, your tax return, including extensions. So if you're going to make a $10,000 deposit into that plan and get the deduction in 2019, 
you used to have to make, you used to be able to make that, uh, that payment uh, by the extension date, which could be all the way to September 15th, okay? So, but IRAs were different. IRAs, the, the drop dead date, bam, was April 15th, and that was it. So what the IRS did was, is they kind of came out and said, you know what, we're going to push that date back too. So, and, and that made sense. I mean, you know, and I even think that that date might get pushed back even more. It hasn't been, think July 15th. Uh, you don't need to file any extensions for any of it. It's automatically extended as an automatic acceptance date. What about um, the next question that comes in my mind is there's this money, the the $1,500 per adult. I don't, don't ask me, remember numbers is not my thing. And then $500 for right. kids or something, but that's for personal individual, individual, right? Yeah, so right. for people that have a business, do they still get those benefits? Do they don't get those benefits? Like, how does that work? Yeah, they do. There are certain thresholds on how much you can make per person. Um, I, unfortunately, I don't remember those numbers. I think they're somewhere between seventy-five and ninety-five thousand is where the is where the um, uh, the allocation is. And if you're above ninety-five thousand individually, you will, you will not get this hit. It's basically for the lower end. Um, and it's based upon your 2018 tax return. Now, unless you filed 19. So let me give you a, a tip. If your 18 tax return said that you earned $125,000, you're not gonna get the money. But if in 19, instead of making 125,000, you only made 70 for whatever reason, let's say 19, you just had a bad year, uh, I would file that 19 immediately because it's gonna be based on those numbers. Is there anything that I have not asked that you would like people to know? Like I got from what you said that everybody should apply except obviously the exceptions that you mentioned. Um, right. You did mention about some of the documentation that they will need in order to file this. So the business in order to qualify, the, the person who owns 51% or more must be a U.S. citizen or resident. That's something that's important. Um, you know, so like, cause I have a lot of international clients that own businesses here. They're not going to be able to file because they're not U S person owned. When I say U S person, that means residents as well. Um, you know, legal, legal, um, residents. Uh, residents. Yeah. So just kind of keep that in mind as well. Um, and, um, it has to be a for-profit business. That's the other thing. Um, uh, not for profits. Um, we're going to have to really look into because I have a couple of not-for-profits. I believe the not-for-profits, for you know, this is just, you know, I haven't seen the regs on it, but I believe the not-for-profits did not qualify for the idle loan. That's that first loan. Um, but I believe they're going to, uh, they're going to be able to apply for the CARE Act because they have employees and they have rent and they have, so, and, and, but even those, it's going to be very nuanced. What kind of not-for-profits are going to be allowed? I, I haven't, been in that realm. Most of my businesses are for-profit businesses. For profit, yeah. My heart yeah. sinks because we do like we. My my heart goes to patches. Like when you say that, and I'm like, patches. I think is going to be okay. They're one of those that's going to that could qualify. That they're a 501c3. I've already spoken to the um, their accountant there to help them. You know, to kind of help. You know, somebody somebody from BNI actually. Uh, gave them my name and and the guy said well I'm, I'm putting this package together but 
you know, oh my goodness, you know, what am I supposed to do? And I, I told him to go ahead and apply. Uh, and I, you know, we kind of went through what you and I have talked about here. Um, I also um, got a call from another one. Um, we're even, we're not just doing these for Florida either. I've done one in California. I'm doing two in, um, I'm sorry, one in Colorado, and we're just about to start two out of California. So these are federal forms. I mean, now, the, the one, oh, there's, there is one thing I didn't talk about, one of the other plans, okay? So did, did we talk about the governor, the, the state of Florida, Governor DeSantis? No, sure enlighten us. Okay, so, so is that another so, plan, okay. another, another way of getting money into yeah, the another business? Way of getting, yeah, it's another way of getting assistance, but it's from the state. It's from the state of Florida. So obviously, if you live in Colorado, you can't get this one, okay? So... So what Governor DeSantis did right from the get-go, he saw this happening. I mean, he was very, very much in front of this. And they have a, uh, a not-for-profit banking group in Tallahassee that does these things for the Florida government, these kinds of things. And what they do is, is they pool funds from other banks all over the state. That's basically what they do. So... What Governor DeSantis said was that any business out there can apply for a Florida bridge loan, okay? It's a 12-month loan, 0% interest for the first 12 months. You can borrow anywhere from, uh, it's to $50,000, okay? Now, there's zero interest for the first year. And in, in, in month 13, that interest jumps to 12%. Now you would say, oh, wow, you know, that's, you know, that's like a shark loan in these days, right? But really that's, it, it, understand, what the, you know, <laughs> understand what the loan is designed for. The, the loan is designed to get you through the next two months. And then, and then the Florida legislature and DeSantis decided that by that time, two, three months from now, the federal government would, it would have, and they have, gotten their act together and... Um, and you would roll that loan into your SBA loan and pay it off, which is that, you know, that, that's one of the things that will be allowed is you're going to be allowed to, um, to roll those loans into, into the Fed loan. So in other words, let's say you borrow $50,000 from the state and you use it to prop up your business and stay in business. And that's the whole idea behind all of this. I mean, make no mistake, the government's, you know, they're not in the business of throwing cash at small businesses. It's just not their, you know, that's not their modus operandi. But in this case, they want to keep you yes. working. They want to keep you, yeah, as best possible. I mean, you know, and um, um, quite frankly, I mean, even with this prop up, I, I see, I, 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 I believe that I would envision 20% of the restaurants in Dade County to close. They're not going to come out of this. They're just not going to be able to, even with, you know, even with this. And some of them can't get it for various reasons. So that becomes the other problem. It's, it's, it's a real, for the restaurant business, this is really, really, really a, a hit. It's going to take a monster, monster hit. Um, oh, my God. Um, it really hurts, especially the little guys. The little, the little guys. guys. It's the small just... ones are, right, the small ones are getting killed. Um, so let me look over my notes real quick to make sure I hit on all the high points, which I think I did. Um, this was really good. Thank you, John. I, you took your time so, to, to, to so. go through everything. Yeah, the, the, I went through the $10,000, right? Which $10,000? Ah, okay. So let's talk about that real quick. Okay. So this latest yeah, filing, you know, the one I told the, you at the, the very... 
Yeah, with the SBA. At the very back end, we talked about the latest. You're going to file online. It's two pages. It gives you a number. Uh, and then that gets you into the hopper and eventually going to get called by a bank uh, after the SBA looks at it really quick. And you still have to put that package together. Understand, you're not going to be able to walk in there with one piece of paper in your hand. You're just not. You're going to have to put that package together, okay? So, so I have a question. I'm sorry. I do have a question. Is, so the, the, this $10,000 are the one that you said the fast track. Correct. The fast track that oh, okay. you get. Yeah, I did talk about it then. Yeah, 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 yeah. Where you put, where you put, it, it's the two pager. The two pager does a couple of things. It gives you a number. It gets you into the system. Uh, the SBA, it, it's minimal information. It doesn't ask for any documentation. And I mean, no documentation. You're going to have to provide, what it says in the thing is you're going to have to provide documentation to back these numbers up, you know, um, but it allows you to get a number. It allows you to get in the hopper and get into the system and get a bank to call you, which will give you time to put this package together or get with your professional to put this package together. I, now, I, also, I have a question. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to interrupt. Sure. Here. Um, sure. So is this where can people? So there's two questions. Where can people find this two form? And what I hear is that you might not need like a CPA to help you because it's very basic. That's what I'm hearing. Because it's yeah, just you can have a number, right? You, and you can do this. Yes. Where, yes. I mean, where can people find we, this? We do this as part of our package, but I mean, yeah, you can, and anybody can fill this form out. It's not that difficult. You don't even need to be a numbers person. You just need to know your last 12 months revenues and, and I think your last 12 months expenses. I mean, it's not. It's not a very difficult form, but you need to check the box. Uh, yes, I need this ten thousand um, dollar quick, you know, quick loan. Is that online? Is that an application that they do online, or is this something they yeah. have to mail in? It's it's online. You need to go under, you know, if you if you Google SBA coronavirus um, ten thousand dollars, that form pops up. <laughs> you know, Perfect. so. And and you can you can apply for your for your business online right there and you click the box ten thousand dollars you actually put in your banking information, um you know your routing number and uh, and uh, and uh, and they'll wire you the money. You will. They will wire you the money. And now you know uh I, you know in these um in these webinars I've heard three days, I've heard ten days, I've heard this at the submitting of an application which. I don't even know how that's defined now. I mean, because when are you really submitting the application? Is it is it that two day? Is it that two page document? Or the, the big one? The, the S, or is it the big one? The SBA can't even answer that question. And here's like my brain trying to grasp what what I would be asking if I was watching this in the other side of the aisle. So okay. you sure. do this short application. You apply for that fast aid, like just get me this money while you, while I fill out the, the longer version application to actually be considered to the bigger loan amount. Um, what, what happens next? One day, once they approve, and maybe you don't know this because we're just starting, let's say they say, yeah, you've been approved for X. You get that approval and you go to a bank after, or do they send you the money? Like, you know right. how that's going to work out? Right. So yeah, we kind of do. So um, you you do this two page application. It gives you a number. Um, they'll give you a number, and once you have that number and get your and get your ducks in a row. In other words, you get your application put together. Um, you take that number because they're gonna they're gonna email you a number. Okay. 
uh, it's a sheet that says, you know, you do the SBA, blah, 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 and it gives you the SBA number. Use this for all future documentation. Whether you've already FedExed, whether you've already applied online, if you get a number, that's your number, and that's going to stay your number. So what you do is, is once you get that number, you put that package together, and you go directly to the bank. Now, let me tell you the problem. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I, know. I love it. So, it's like there's always like this, but there's a problem. What is the problem? But there's a problem. So two of my clients that we had FedEx both their packages, okay, one had a number, one did not have a number yet. Okay, they were in different, you know, one we sent earlier than this number thing, okay? They both went to their banks, and the banks were like, oh, my God, we're, not, we're no more ready for this than the man on the moon. They don't have their processes. Apparently, Citicorp City is putting together a program where, where you're going, a portal where you're going to enter all this information, okay? And it's going to come from the package that we put together, I mean, without a doubt. Um, and we'll help that client if he has any problem. I don't think he's going to have a problem because they ask the same basic questions. You're just, you know, you just type it. Uh, the one in um, the one in Colorado, he went to his two banks. He went to both of them actually, and uh, one of them was closed, of course, and the other one was open. I want to say it was Wells Fargo, and the, there was actually a loan officer there, which kind of shocked me because I don't know of any loan officer that's working in a bank right now. So <laughs> God bless him. I know, right? Uh, so. Um, he went there and he had his whole package in his hand, right? And his number. Now, I wish I, I, I should have, I, I wish I would have had one because I could have showed, I could have showed it to you. But anyhow, it's, it's just a one page document that says, hey, here's your number. But anyhow, so he went with that and the banker looked at him and goes, oh my God, you're the second person that's shown up here. And he says, I, I know we're going to be overwhelmed in a couple of days. He says we're putting a we're putting a program together to be able to take everybody in and be able to and to administer this. Um, and he said, "What do you have there?" And he says, "Well, my CPA put this put this package together." And the guy apparently flipped through it, and he was like, um, he he looks at him. He says, "There's only really one thing I would add to this, and it had to do with proving a liability that he had in there." You know, he says, "You may want to get something that proves it." You know. That this liability you guys have listed is is um, you know what it is and the, the amount and you know, it's just something that any banker would ask you know what I mean so uh, you know that led me to believe that our packages are pretty damn complete which is nice you know it's uh, we're really on top of it like I said we're you know we do the webinars two hours every single morning um, my staff and I um, and and they're all working from home but you know you can do a webinar from home. And uh, you can learn a lot from those webinars. Some of them you can get on yourself. Just go go into um, you know SBA coronavirus uh, webinar. You can get into the lo you know the, the local one. Um, pretty easy. You don't have to be a practitioner to get into that one. We listen to that one every day as well. Uh, that gives us the the updates and um, and such. Uh, so um, I, I if you really want to learn what we've learned, you can. I mean. You know, like I said, some people do, have done this themselves. Some people, um, you know, just aren't aren't going to be able, you know, aren't aren't going to be able to wrap their heads around it. Uh, it's it's uh, it is a lot. Um, what would like happen said, if you don't apply? What would happen if you don't? Is there like a deadline that if you don't apply by such and such date, you might not be able to have anything left for you? Like, is there any 
deadline? You mean, is the money going to run out? <laughs> is that your question? Everybody's going to be asking for this. So I'm sure that, and everybody right. at different capacity of needing, like there's people that have a hundred employees. There's people that have yep. two employees. Like I'm sure that. Oh, this, oh, okay. Well, take a, take a time out. This program is designed for under 500 employees. Under 500. Perfect. Under 500. So like the airlines, the cruise lines, uh, Bechtel, they're not going to be able to get these small business loans. Um, and um, they, they were they were taken care of in a different way. I and mean, you got to understand the government through is throwing six trillion dollars at this. Our deficit at this point in time is about twenty two trillion dollars, and we're throwing six trillion dollars at it. So this is kind of being this is like being at the poker table, and you've got one hand right. I know, I know, and you have one hand, and you're all in. This is all in. The economy's either gonna it's either going to um, uh, re-jump start or it's going to be bad. I, I, I kind of, I'm kind of leaning towards the jump start just because I can see what's going on out there. And um, I think you're going to see a real paradigm shift in how we um, communicate, how we meet. Um, and also, I think the colleges, the colleges, it's like, you know, what do they say? The, you know, the emperor's clothes are off. You know, why the hell am I sending my son up to, Florida State University to drink beer and go to football games. <laughs> he can get his education online and live at home. I mean, yeah. this is showing us a completely way of being and, and a completely way of behaving. And and the thing is that it's not just the U.S. I think that that's part of the global game. I global. think it's a global it's a global paradigm of how to how to adapt to a new world. I was even seeing th different things on how we're going to, ch how, how much we're going to change as a country and how we deal with China because of this. You know, the production lines and the, you know, uh, the supply lines of various products and services. You know, I think you're going to see a, a real shift back to east-west. I really do. Um, you know, I think the government's going to be uh, like, pressing this but i also think businesses are too they they're going to see you know yeah i could buy i could buy it cheaper there but the problem is if i do that my supply lines get cut off i'm you know i'm in trouble there's a lot of shifting in in leadership as well like right how leaders behave and how you give your people a, a feeling a feeling of secure a feeling of security so because if you without the people you cannot operate and i think that's being shaken in a lot of places not just businesses but in government and in everything in healthcare well, i think that was already happening Deanna, where where employers were now wait a minute now i have to bid for quality talent as opposed to well i can get it anywhere there's 10 guys standing there you know what i mean and I think that was already happening. Um, and then this kind of really like hammered at home. <laughs> you know, I've got good people. I've got to keep them. You know what I'm saying? And um, I got to take care of them. So, yeah. There's been I guess some from, my, from my market, from where I come from, from my side of broadcast, seeing right. what was happening to the big broadcast businesses, um, which I come from and I know what it was, it wasn't like that. It wasn't what you said. And probably it's because of, of obviously where I, my, my store, the stories that I, my, my journey, it was not happening. They were actually 
anyone could be a producer. Like the first kid that kid left out of school, they were giving them a producer job. And the people who knew how to do things, they were right. like, what? Like, why is this? This person doesn't even know how to, you know, like talk to talent or like put a budget mm -hmm. for filming. Like what's going on? So I, I didn't see that in my industry. It was just very toxic. That's one of the reasons why I unplug myself from that side of things. Uh, but I'm sure that it's different in every industry and that there's shifts of consciousness in, in different areas. But um, it, it's just right now is a different ballgame. And we have to adapt and we have to keep moving forward. And how do we make our talents, um, you know, still be of service for those that need them and and how do we shift so we can keep each other alive and and the small businesses supporting other small businesses um mm -hmm. i think that's part of the ball game now and we, which makes everybody more accountable of each other i think thank you so much for this conversation can you tell us where can we find you where where if somebody needs your support and your help now that we're in a different ball game um and this is what you do this is your strength where can we find you you can google jaeger sherburn cpa um uh, we have our website you can call us 305-444-2727 uh, you can email me at uh, jfy at yscpas.com for everyone else that is looking to position their brand as the leader in the industry, I'm going to ask you and invite you to go to fourproductions.com, where if you subscribe, you're going to get tips and free information on how to position your brand as a leader in your industry with the power of video. Thank you so much for watching. See you next time.